Welcome to the first ever Crazy Times Emergency Podcast. Um, so Why are you excited about that? Sound the alarm bell, guys. What you just remember the first time? That's fair. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, so who you're hearing right now? That little raspberry voice. That's Bennett Hartley, our guy in Michigan, calling in from uh, the Midwest, the good old Midwest, in that freezing cold. But as we said, this is an emergency podcast, and this morning, Steve and I woke up to a text from Bennett saying, OMG, so Bennett, break the news to our listeners. Why are we here? Ah, drum roll. All right, we are here because uh, we found out this morning that Coach K, Michael Krzyzewski, um, is undergoing uh, lower back surgery on Friday, January 6th. Um, this is startling news because he is projected to be out for four weeks. What the surgery is, as they said, it is removing a fragment of a herniated disc. I'm pre-med. I'm a senior at Duke. I don't really know what that means, but all I know is that he's 69 years old, about to be 70 years old, and he's about to undergo surgery mid-season. Um, if we're going to look at past, you know, you're going to look to history to, to you know, for, for a frame of reference. This uh, similar thing happened 27 years ago um, in 1995. Uh, Duke was about halfway through the season. They were 9-3. and three. They were 0-1 in the ACC. They had just started. Uh, Coach K. I'm sorry. Out. Before we go any further, Bennett, how old are you? 21. What year were you born? 1995. <laughs> you just said this happened 27 years ago. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 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 sorry. All right, I'm trying to bring a little humor to this moment, and we could always make fun of Bennett to get we're through all, it, but wow, we're yeah. We're yes. all coping. No, in, in seriousness, the last time this happened, Coach K decided he was taking the year off uh, to deal with a hip replacement. The rest of, the, of that season was coached by his executive assistant, Pete Gaudette, who took over for him um, after he left Army and came to Duke, when he first came to Duke, um, and then came onto the Duke staff later. Good coach, um, but the team really, really struggled. Um, Gaudette did not have much of a, a career in college basketball after that, never was a head coach again. Um, and it took years for the Duke team to really bounce back and become the national powerhouse that we expect it to be. Um, so this really is a sound the alarm bell kind of moment. Um, and it's really very worrisome uh, for our last year. So what we're doing here is, of course, this is emergency. This is big news. Um, as we talked about in our last podcast and throughout the season, there's been a lot going on through this narrative season. It's been a crazy season. We had the injuries to the freshmen, uh, then Grayson going down, and now this. And I think in any of any other year, just one of those things happening would be kind of that like moment mm. of the season. And we've had now three or four of them. And I think this news definitely is the biggest breaking story that I've been around in since Duke basketball. Well, the Rashid Suleiman was probably the craziest story, but at least in terms of how it's going to affect the team, we're losing the greatest coach of all time. So what we're going to do right now is we got, obviously, Steve and I here, Bennett on the phone, and from uh, popular demand, we brought back big brother John to give us the basketball breakdown. So... Bennett, first with you from the medical perspective, pre-med, we know you're studying for the MCAT. What, uh, how long do you think Coach has been dealing with this? Like, This has to be a huge thing because we know how competitive he is. He does not want to miss a single game, uh, much less four weeks in the middle of the season. Like, what, what's, what's your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. So it definitely, I think it's totally fair to be a little rattled by it. Definitely, there's a lot of unknowns, you know, and that's definitely, you know, you know, it doesn't leave you with any kind of sense of comfort or satisfaction. And so with this, you have Coach K, although you look at him, he's a guy full of energy, you know, he's definitely young at heart and young physically, it seems like, but he is 69, in February he'll be 70. Anytime you're going under surgery, you don't exactly know what the recovery process will be like, exactly what it'll be like when they're in the operating room. Right now they're projecting up to four weeks, but there's also a source that said they're just hoping to get him back sometime this season, so I don't think they really know either. So I think that's definitely kind of scary. Also, given he has had in recent past some other um, sort of health complications, you know, he had knee surgery back in April. Um, we all know last year he did miss one game, although that was just for being under the weather, and he still went to the hospital for it. Definitely was a little more minor. Um, but, yeah, this is definitely the biggest thing or the biggest leave of absence, especially for medically related, since we've seen uh, 22 years ago, not 27, not the numbers guy here. Uh, but now he's a lot older. He's 69, and uh, it definitely uh, doesn't leave a, a good taste in your, in your throat at all. So let's avoid the worst-case scenario for now. Obviously, we're rooting for Coach. We want the best for him. We're praying for him. Sure. But let's turn to our guest host, I guess, guest host John, to ask what the basketball implications are for this. So we know Coach Cable's taking over, but how is this going to affect our team, their mentality, and, and our style of play as we move forward? Because we're still developing our identity, but now we're losing the captain of the ship. So what's going to happen? Yeah, I, I'm not as, as, you know, I don't, I don't think this is as much of an Armageddon as Steve does. Um, I am, it, it does rattle you, it does make you nervous. Um, but I, I think we're going to be okay overall, even if we do lose him for the whole season, which is always a possibility, particularly with somebody at his age. Um, I'm not too concerned. I think one will bounce back. Like it's not going to take years to recover like last time. Um, two, I think at this point in his career, Duke basketball is a well-oiled machine. Um, everybody from top to bottom, from the coaches to the assistant coaches, to the captains, to the players, to the managers, to the work studies, to the security guards, knows their role. At Duke Shout basketball. out to the work studies. Everybody everybody in the program who, who has any affiliation with Duke basketball knows their role. And I think if anywhere this can survive, it's at Duke. That also, or in addition to that, I think that the captains we have this year, um, in particular Emil, who was the, the understudy to Quinn Cook in our championship year, is an incredible captain. Jeff Capel is an incredible coach. I know he didn't have the the best ending at Oklahoma, but he had, he was a very good coach at Oklahoma. He coached Blake Griffin, um, and he is an incredible assistant coach. So I, I'm not too worried. Well, one thing one thing I want to point out, you said Jeff Capel, and this might not mean much at all, but the last time this happened that we referenced earlier, 1995, Capel was a sophomore on the team. He was a team leader. So I don't know if it means anything, but Capel was there firsthand when he experienced what it was like to be as a player not having – the captain of your ship there anymore so maybe that will translate into the way he coaches and the way he commands the team i don't know but so speaking to that so. so speaking to that that's a great point cable's battle ready but what is capable going to bring to this team are we going to change the way we play the rotations what's going to happen under under him he is our head recruiter so he's a little bit closer with the players i think on a more personal level um so he, he doesn't have the same coaching style necessarily as coach on the floor he's going to be himself and i don't think anybody would want him to be anything else agreed i think this team is is going to want Cape to be as authentic to himself as possible um, to kind of keep them in their own routine. Um, I think basketball-wise on the floor in terms of X's and O's, I really wouldn't be surprised to see too much, or I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit of a lineup change going forward. I think bringing somebody like Matt Jones maybe off the bench 
could help this team where we have a little bit more stability coming in off the bench as opposed to putting in younger guys. Right now, we bring Frank off the bench. We lose experience. Now I think it's as important as ever to keep experience on the floor. Um, so I think moving Matt maybe to the bench could be the best move right now. That gives Frank a little more touches with that first unit. Um, it gives uh, Giles, maybe moving Giles into the starting lineup. And this is all pending Grayson coming back. Um, I right. think Grayson now will probably be back the next game. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so I don't know. I, I think we might see some minor shifts in the lineup, but I don't think it's going to be anything too drastic. Yeah, and I think so. I think Grayson's going to sit for this last game. Coach is going to he's going to coach the the next game on January fourth against Georgia Tech, which is important because right. they beat UNC. So Agreed. They're obviously a tough opponent. Big game, and I think he's going to. He's going to get that last game in. Then it's a two-game suspension. Then it looks to the public like we've taken it seriously. As long as Coach was there and was able to, to school Grayson. Not even looks like we took it seriously. No, we did. And we, we did. did exactly. And I, 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 I did come in pretty alarmed. I am very alarmed because I've been a Duke basketball fan my whole life, and this has not happened, right? So this is like the one thing. you know. Coach has been a constant in the team. And so in a lot of ways, college basketball culture. Exactly. And this is the way, this is like the thing that we never thought would happen, but it is very different because of Capel. Like, like you were saying, he's primarily responsible for Duke basketball's rise into the one and done era. He's re-engineered, uh, this whole, this whole thing. Um, and he's, he also is a very experienced coach in his own right. P cadet had two years at army in 1995 when he took over for coach K. That was his only coaching experience. Capel, T- took a team to the Final Four, yes, with Blake Griffin, but Harry Giles and Jason Tatum have the potential to be as good of NBA players as Blake Griffin. I mean, they have the talent. And the, uh, he's a great coach, yeah, other, so I wouldn't worry. The other thing with Cable is be- being our head recruiter, he's had relationships with our star guys. He's the guy that we send into Jaleel Okafor's home, into Tyus Jones' home, into Quinn Cook's home, into Jason Tatum's home, and into Giles' home. So he's the guy that really gets to know these players really, really early on in their career. So if there's anybody that can keep their trust can kind of get in their face when they need to and tell them it's going to be okay. We're all going to battle together and we're going to get through this. It's going to be capable right now. He's the, he's somebody that these guys know they can lean on. They, he has an established relationship with them. He's not somebody just stepping in and, and trying to take over. So I you know I really I trust him. I think he's a great coach. My before this all even happened, I thought he was an incredible candidate to be the next coach in a couple of years. Still is. This is so, kind of a tryout for so him. Down now. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I I think that's that's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, thinking that he's this is it. Like this is Cable taking over. Um, but but I think he is an incredibly qualified coach to be in this position. Um, and I trust him. I I think he's a great coach. So what will Coach K's um, role look like moving forward? I mean, obviously he's going to want to probably be involved as much as he possibly can. He might not be in the building for games. He might not be there at practice, but I'm sure he wants some part of it because he's planning on coming back, and especially for the tournament. So what what is he going to look like? That's, that a, relationship? that's the other reason why I'm not too worried. You know, Coach K is a film rat. Um, he stays after games a lot of the times till 2, 3 in the morning, and we'll watch the game over like three or four times again. Um, he'll break down all the films. So he him being in Durham, um, and him living in Durham, I, I think, you know, the players have gone to his house often. Um, I, I think he will still be around the team. He will still maintain his coaching relationship with this team um, and be able to be in contact. I think he'll be breaking down a lot of film from his bed. Hopefully he doesn't leave bed. I'm sure his wonderful wife, Mickey, won't let him do much. Right. Um, and, and to the extent that he is physically able to, um, I expect that he'll still keep contact with the team, keep contact with the coaches, 
Um, it's just he won't be there in practices and on the sidelines. It could be a Steve Kerr, Luke Walton thing with the Warriors. Yes, where... that, that's very much. And the, and the other thing, too, is when coaches at USA, when he does USA basketball over the summer, our assistants take over, and it's not like the, everything stops. These mm. guys have experience of working under, under the Duke system without coach being present. Right. So I don't – I mean, I it's going to hurt. It's definitely going to hurt this team, particularly in a game setting. Um, but I don't think I don't think it's the end all be all. I think this team has enough talent to overcome, and this team is together enough to overcome. And conversely, I mean, we can we can say like, oh, coach will do everything like not from you know the be- the bench. He'll do everything else. Um, he is like a 69, 70 year old guy, like having back surgery, um, and he's a tough guy. He's a retired officer in the U.S. Army. I mean, he is he's the goat, right? But at the same time, you know, you want to place your priority on just hoping that he feels better and that he, yeah. he gets well, you know, and that's what we want to send to him from crazy times. And one big, and again, this is crazy times. The point of this podcast is to talk about Cameron, uh, the magic of it and what it's like to be a fan. So Bennett, you can talk about this and Steve as line monitors, we're in the front row leading the chance. We are directly across from coach K at every home game. And he himself plays the largest role, I think, um, of getting Cameron going. There's so many times he takes off his jacket and throws it and everybody stands up or he, he yells at the fans like to get in this game because he knows how important um, having support is. So, Bennett, what are you thinking it's going to be like in Cameron without Coach? I can't even imagine uh, not bowing to him as he walks in. Are we going to bow to Capel? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I think There's so right. many traditions around Coach. Jacket. I, I know, I don't know if you noticed, but early on in Virginia Tech, there's probably like like six minutes into the game and his jacket was off so you knew right away you're like dang he's not feeling good about this but but yeah no to uh i won't talk about that later but to answer your question um i think you're right i think we do feed off coach k um a lot but i'm i don't know i'm just really curious to see how capel handles it well like i never look at capel at all as a guy that's going to hype up anyone but he's also an assistant coach on the bench right you don't see that anywhere yeah um, in college basketball so I wonder if he's like take notes from that and sees the effect that he has on the crowd, and we'll see what Capel will do. I think if Capel is able to get up there and hype up the crowd, even just like once, like late in the game or at any point, I think the crowd is going to respond tenfold. I think the crowd would love to see that, just because that's something that we haven't seen uh, before. But honestly, I, I I'm not a, I'm not as worried about that. Um, I don't. I think we feed off the coach a lot, but I, I think that we do pretty good on our own, and um, I look forward to seeing how people handle it. And it might be good for the crowd a little bit to have, have someone to work for. It's like win one for the Gipper, you know? Without coach, we're yeah. going to be twice as motivated. We need to start brainstorming ideas, signs, things that we can send our love to coach yeah. at the next home games. And what's particularly, yeah. what's particularly interesting in this season is that the Carolina game is so early in the spring semester that, you know, Four weeks, it, it, four weeks is like February 3rd. You know, it's like not that far away from now. Carolina could be his first game back in Cameron very easily. Or he might not make Carolina, depending on how he yeah. recovers. Um, which I, I, think, Go ahead, Ben. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say, that same note about us making sure we send love to Coach K and everything, uh, which I think is important. I think uh, as much as Capel has sat in Cameron and sat on the bench right next to Coach K, he's never had a role like this ever before. And there's no way he's going into this feeling... You know, 100% confident, 100% comfortable without having K at his side. So I think it's also uh, definitely a reciprocate. Uh, like we have to reciprocate and make sure that we're giving love to him if we need to chant for Capel and Great make sure point. We're responding to him. So uh, I think that we have a, a part to play in this. He's really been a hero in this. That's yeah. a huge responsibility to take this on. Yeah. And I think that 
Um, I mean, I when I first found out about this, I decided that I was going to drive down early to, to campus because, you know, any chance that, that the fourth could be Coach K's last game for me as a student, I'm going to go be at that game. But at the same time, right, like I have a lot of faith in, in the Duke basketball organization. Like John was saying, it's, it's just such a professionalized, uh, incredible group of people. Um, I have a lot of faith in Jeff Capel um, just because he, he's a great coach. We know he's a great coach. We know he has these great relationships. I mean, um, he, he could have been a head coach years ago again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure he's had 8,000 offers. So and One thing I think that's going to be really interesting, especially in the immediate future, is to see what happens with this next game. How is this next game coached? Is coach going to sit back and maybe take the assistance chair for the game and, and let the guys get used to Cable being the head coach with Coach K there so they know that, that the, the bite behind the bark is really still there right now and then give them, give them a way to really ease into it? Mm. Or, or how is it going to be happening? Is, is coach going to coach it like it's his last game? And then get, and then hand over the reins. So that'll be really interesting to see in this first game coming back. You know, that's a really interesting point because, again, like we said, that Virginia Tech loss was tough for our confidence. And Georgia Tech is a good team. They beat Carolina. Um, we don't want to start off the ACC 0-2. Um, that would not be good for our confidence. That would not be good for our record um, as we move into tougher conference play. And we're trying to win the conference again. So, I don't know. It's it's. I don't want to say it's fun, but... It's, it's an exciting it's a, season. It's though. a story. It's a story. I mean, every every season, especially every championship season, is always a storybook. It's never. It's it's rarely. It's rarely a fairy tale. Um, there's always a, there's ups and it's downs. You know. Again, in our last year, like we stressed on the last pod, we had a player transfer. We had a player dismissed from the team. We had a couple bad losses. We had a loss at home, I believe. And then it wasn't for it wasn't re- or we didn't win the conference tournament. Even there, it just it was all ups and downs. We had blowouts on both ends. So, you know, it's it's a story and I think this is gonna be a chapter in this team's story. But I'm confident with it. Yeah, and we're never gonna have a season where we run through everything and we win every game by fifteen points. I know we love that. Like there's nothing better than going into Cameron and just being like, you know what? I think we're gonna win this game by fifteen and it happens. Like that's really it's fun and it's really nice and it's easy. Um, but I'm excited for the guys just because it's gonna be a test of, of their character, you know. Will they come together and be brothers? Like we know that Quinn Cook and Tyus Jones and Julie Lokefor and Justice Winslow were? Are they going to come together and be that group that is like, once they leave their last game in Cameron, we can all kind of look at each other and be like, this group is special. Um, I think Harry Giles is a very, potentially very special player. He hasn't shown it yet. He had a tough game against Virginia Tech. You could he showed see him, flashes. Yeah, showed flashes. You can see him grinding through the kind of emotions of coming back from an injury. Jason's a great scorer. Luke is... Jesus, he's incredible. Lucas, the man. Yeah, he's the man. But, um, I mean, it's just going to be an interesting thing to see if we're good enough. I, I think this is, again, this is going to be really stressing our team captains, too. I think Emil is going to play a big role in this and kind of calming the guys. And we should mention uh, Grayson was just dismissed from being a captain by coach as part of his punishment. But it, even with that, I mean, that that's a formality. But within the team, there's always team leaders. Mm-hmm. And I think Grayson doesn't, because he's not necessarily a captain, I mean, he might not be going to shake the ref's hands at the beginning of the game. But that doesn't mean he can't be a leader for this team. I'm interested, I, though. What did you think of his body language on the bench at Virginia Tech? I, it was good. I, it's a little bit of an awkward situation. 
um, because it was I, such a negative light. But he was really trying to be positive. He was really trying to push the guys forward. I thought it was great, and he was in a tough environment. That crowd was honestly great, and they were chanting at him the entire game, yeah, saying, we, we want Grayson, and he was handling it. We, and he, sat, he sat at the front of the bench right next to the coaches. So I was impressed with Grayson. I, I was very impressed. Yeah, it's just it's an awkward situation for him because everybody's chanting at him because, you know, he's – can I can I get in my teammates' face while I'm the one that's not allowed to play right now? Um, but he yeah. he was very positive. Um, he 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 rooted for his teammates hard the whole game. The cameras kept showing him, and, and he did everything he he could have done. Um, so I'd expect to see him back this game. Um, maybe the game after that, we'll see. Um, but I like what I see from Grayson so far. Yeah. So I mean, this is there's not a whole lot left to talk about but uh let's finish it up with just like a round of hot takes like knowing this information like what does this mean you know jesse you want to start uh my hot take is going to be uh the same from the beginning of the season uh we're winning the national championship i think this is going to make us tougher we're going to be stronger i hope you guys have the same exact hot take but um fun fact uh one coach and an interim head coach assistant was steve fisher of the Fab Five at Michigan, and his first year of coaching was actually, he came in right before the tournament because his head coach, I don't know the guy's name, took a job at Arizona State, and then he came in and coached through the tournament, and they won They won it So in 1989. So it has been proven that interim coaches can have success. Luke Walton sure. led them to part of the greatest regular season in history. So I'm, a, I'm keeping with it. We're still the best team in the country. Cool, um, John. I don't. I don't know if this is possible. Like, yeah, actually possible. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Capel win ACC Coach of the Year. Ooh. Um, if that, if that is, I I don't know what the rules are for assistants winning that. Just like every, a lot of people thought Luke Walton in the NBA should have won it last year for that team going with thirty seven and one or whatever it was when until Steve Kerr came back to join the Warriors. Um, I think Capel is a very capable coach. I think this is a tough situation. It's a scary situation, but I think he could do a lot of good things with this team. Mm. He has a lot of great experience. He's at all of the USA basketball stuff as well. So he's worked with great players. Um, like I said, him and Blake Griffin, he coached Blake Griffin, and I believe they're still very close. Um, I expect good things to come from Capel. I, I like him a lot, and I think he's a great candidate for Duke's job in the future. And I think he's the right guy to, to take this challenge on now. Mm. Bennett? Uh, yeah, I don't know much of a hot take, but I will say uh, I strongly believe Harry Giles will be a star for our team. Um, I know yes. we haven't seen much yet. He only played 13 minutes against Virginia Tech and less than that prior. Um, but there was a reason he was the number one uh, recruit coming in, and I think there'll be a lot to talk about him come uh, tournament time. So I look forward to seeing the numbers he puts up. Before... Also, just a yeah, but I was going to say, before we move on to Steve's hot take, Bennett, why don't you tell the, the fans about your relationship with Harry Giles? I know you two are boys. Oh, my boy? Oh, dude, we go way back. No, Harry Giles, uh, he yeah. had two recruiting visits when he was a senior, um, and both times he stood next to me in the student section. Peep my Instagram if you want. You'll see two pics with him. Um, we go way back. Every now and then we make eye contact, and I just know what he's saying. It's just like... What is he saying? What is he saying in, in, in your mind? Uh, he's just saying, um, dude, you're my, you're my boat, you're my homie, you're my bestie, and I can't wait to share a lifetime of memories together. That's kind of, that's what I've gotten so far, I'll let you know what else I pick up. Uh, it's, a, it's a good thing that Bennett wasn't here for our Truth of Players, like people who were on the <laughs> podcast last time. Um, I'll wrap it up. Uh, my other, uh, 
thing I was just going to say, we talked about Virginia Tech's crowd yelling at Grayson Allen. Uh, Virginia Tech played a hell of a game, and there's not much to uh, criticize them about, but their court storming at the end is the lamest thing I've ever seen. Oh, it was so lame. So lame. It's, I mean, it's due to the way that their student section is set up. If you didn't, if, uh, the listeners didn't see it, it's kind of like where they're at is like as if it's a football stadium and they're behind like a wall so they have to slowly like jump down this like eight foot wall and it's so lame but anyways also the team didn't even interact with them or anything they were it was just like a hundred students on the court kind of jumping and it went so yeah it was lame yeah all right go for it steve yeah i'm gonna go for uh luke Kennard for national player of the year um i think that he had he went for what like 33 yeah. yeah 34 against virginia tech in spite of or in spite of like a not not a super great team performance, um, and I could totally see Coach Capel playing to the strengths of some of the younger guys, and that really opening a lot of the, a lot of space for Luke Kennard. Also, just knowing his character and knowing the way that he's so tough, I think that he's going to definitely um, take this opportunity to really step up and become more of a leader, and I think we're going to see it. I I also think that the, the people around him, the other candidates. Uh, like Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart, um, you might see them cool off too. So I think the field's going to kind of swing back to him and he's going to have a chance to a national I love that. I've got one more thing to add to just echo off Bennett's point. Um, I, I really, really did like what I saw from Giles in this past game. I, I know he, he, I think he finished with four points. Um, yeah. But, but coming in right away, touching the ball for the first time and going right at the rim mm. uh, with the little hook shot was a really good sign. I think it shows mentally he's easing back into it. He's starting to get a little more comfortable with the speed of the game. Um, he had the tip in after that, so it's showing he's not scared. They, I, it was in traffic, too, and I was terrified when he jumped for it at first. Cause I was like, oh, no, this isn't great. Um, just because it was in traffic and I was worried he was going to overthink it and land funny or something. Um, but I really, really liked what I saw from him. I'm expecting him to come back and to really, really have a great showing as well. I think he needs one dunk in Cameron. And he'll be set. Yeah, as soon as he dunks in Cameron and the crowd erupts, he is going to be so confident and the just dominate. He needs yeah. to get he needs to get that last mental hurdle where he's either just pissed off and and just playing to win and forgets about everything, or he's just so hyped from dunking it or, or dunking on somebody or hitting a big shot or doing something right. that he just forgets about everything. You can see it too. It's like he every like made free throw or tip in is like three steps forward. And then every little thing that he does that maybe he's a little off is like a half step back. Yeah. But if he has like like that you're saying like that big moment, it's gonna be you know blow it all up. He's ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm I'm expecting big things. All right. So we hit a lot. Um, it was a great conversation, Coach. We send you our love. Rest up. Um, friend have of, fun. Friend of the podcast. Huge friend of the podcast. Have fun uh, at Georgia Tech. I'm going to interrupt and end with a, a joke from my grandfather. Okay, great. I was going to ask if anybody had a knock-knock um, joke. Awful joke, but uh, no, this is coming from an 84-year-old man. He's become a Duke fan as I've started going to Duke. He's always repping his Duke hat and everything. And name. Knows. What's his name? Right, so, what? What is your grandfather's name? Uh, we just call him Grandpa, but his real name is Robert uh, Hartley. Robert so, Hartley. Shout out to uh, Papa Rob. Papa because, Rob. Uh, so a Duke and a UNC student uh, go to the bathroom. Two guys are at the urinal. Afterwards, the Duke student goes to walk out, and the UNC student is washing his hands, and he goes, at UNC, they teach us to wash our hands after we use the bathroom. And the Duke student goes, at Duke, they teach us not to piss on our hands. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll end it there. (laughs) Wow. Okay, cool. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll see you on the other side. Yeah.
crocheting. My name is Bennett. Um, I know I said I was into crocheting, uh, but I'm really just into football and beer. Alright, so there's been a lot of hype about like, like 500 thread cotton um, blankets, but there's nothing like a good bathroom. My name is Bennett. I like girls that are between five foot and six five. <laughs>